1: Welcome inside the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds Podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today. We've got a jam-packed episode. As we look at how the Reds fare this weekend, I'm going to talk about Trevor Bauer's debut, as well as their Aquino, and taking a look at the week ahead at Great American Ballpark. You are locked on Reds. What a strange weekend it was. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Welcome into the show. If you're not already done so, make sure that you're subscribed on all the major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcasting, all that good stuff. Hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And give us a call on the Lockdown Reds line at 513 549 Five nine. I've got a couple of calls. We might get to a few of them here on today's show. We'll just see how long I ramble. Also, oh, before I forget too, make sure you check out LockedOnReds.com for even more content. Okay, so the Reds, they split the weekend in Atlanta. They officially win the season series with the Braves. They take four of the seven games against the Braves. Now, Mind you, whenever they came into Atlanta this weekend, the Braves were 20 games over 500. we We're not talking about some team that's floundering just like the Reds. We're talking about a team that is on top of the AL East and looking forward to October. And the Reds played them very well. In fact, they really should have won that series. Saturday's game was a very frustrating one in which they decided to walk nine people including walking in the game-tying run in the... Or, no, sorry, not game-tying run. The go-ahead run in the bottom of the eighth inning. They were able to tie the game in the top of the ninth. We're going to get to all that in just a second. But first, I want to lead off with Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer made his debut on Saturday. Now, there were a lot of good things. He flashed a curveball, breaking ball, slider, curveball, whatever. The thing just moved. It was crazy it it did get a lot of crazy swing and misses but the problem was he wasn't able to locate it very well his his debut is the as a red here in 2019 remind me of a lot of another debut in 2019 and that was Sunny Gray you guys will remember a lot of you will remember me disparaging the weather and how it was 30 degrees outside, and Sonny couldn't get the spin on his fat or on his curveball, and just everything was all a mess. He was bouncing his curveball in the dirt constantly. He's fared pretty well since then, as he kept the Braves scoreless on Sunday. He did allow a couple of base runners. He had four walks and four hits, but he also had seven strikeouts. He lowered his season ERA to 3.25. So I'm not super worried about what we're going to see from Trevor Bauer moving forward. He's a talented dude, a smart dude, and he flashed that curveball. That was absolutely unbelievable. Really good stuff from him. But the walks were concerning, and there was a couple of errant pitches that the Braves just jumped all over. Now, he did limit the damage to three runs, but he threw 107 pitches in four and two-thirds innings. So I, I think he was pressing. I think he was trying to make a great first impression and he was overthrowing a lot of things really early and that set him up for a long day the rest of the way so I'm not worried about that I I was a little bit bummed that he didn't come out and just absolutely dominate the Braves and outpitch Dallas Keuchel it was funny because I looked at that game and I said this is the Reds chance because I know I talked about it a lot. I know there are a lot of people in the offseason that also echoed my sentiments about the Reds trying to get Dallas Keuchel, and it'd be awesome if they could. But reports came out that they were far apart on how long of a deal it was going to be and how much money they were going to pay him. So it just didn't work out in the end. So I'm like, all right, that's passed. Let's see the Reds just dominate Keuchel on the scoreboard. And it didn't happen. At least I mean, for a large part of the game, Dallas Keuchel blew through the lineup. Through the first five innings, the Reds had two base runners. Both of them were Aristides Aquino. He had a single and he had a walk. Now in the sixth inning they were able to jump up on the board and Aquino hit a three run home run to tie the game and it completely erased the frustrations of the first five innings. And there were some more frustrations to come. But on the whole, Dallas Keiko pitched very well. And kind of won that matchup with between Keuchel and Bauer. I'm hoping to see a lot more uh, a, a lot more control in Bauer's next time out. We'll take a look at that. That's going to be at home at Great American Ballpark against the Cubs. So a very pivotal game to see him in his second start in that number 27 Cincinnati Reds uniform. Now, Aristides Aquino. Love this kid. His first six at-backs, he went hitless. Kind of sucked. David Bell, well, Freddie Benavides, rolled him out there again on Saturday. Not only did it get his first major league hit, he got his first major league home run as he turned on one and sent it to left center field off of Dallas Keuchel. Absolutely phenomenal blast. And I'm not going to toot my horn at all. Okay, I'm going to toot my horn. I totally caught it. I said he would hit his first major league home run. I do have a weekend column at redlegnation.com. It's called Red's Thoughts for Your Weekend. And I totally called that he was going to hit a home run this weekend. He did. Now, I did happen to mention that I didn't think he'd hit one off of Keiko, but uh, we won't talk about that. We'll talk about the fact that I called that he hit a home run on the weekend, and that's exactly what happened. Looking forward to seeing a lot more of him the rest of the way as it looks like he is going to fill in for the most part as the replacement for Yasiel Puig. Now, I do think... They're going to keep the corner outfield spots a revolving door based on platoon matchups and all that good stuff. Jesse Winker got the start in right field on Sunday. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I'm very excited to watch Aristides Aquino moving forward i did see a question on twitter from jojo jammer thanks man shout out to you at win one super bowl asking if he if if uh aquino looks like the guy that the reds could be looking for next year i don't think i'm ready to say that just yet having only seen him for a couple of games i'm very happy with what i've seen but at the same time I'm cautiously optimistic about him. I'm not going to slot him in as the everyday right fielder for 2020 and beyond, but boy, it would be something if they could do that because you're talking about a really well cost controlled guy that's not going to break the bank next season to be in your everyday lineup that would be huge so we've still got a little under two months left to see what Aquino's got in the tank and I think we're going to see a lot from him because I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to do so now we're going to take a quick break here on the On Reds podcast when we come back we're going to take a few Lockdown Reds line voicemails we're back on the Monday edition of the Locked On Red podcast. Yes, thanks so much for joining me today. It was awesome on Sunday to see Tucker Barnhart hit the go-ahead three-run home run there in the top of the 10th inning. It was awesome to see him flash the bat, flash the power. I think that he's going to be just fine the rest of the way. Now, whether or not he quiets the critics this offseason, because everyone looks a catcher as a huge hole in this lineup right now, I'm hoping he can prove us all wrong the rest of the way out. But with that being said, I had to put that in there cause I like Tucker he's a good guy. I, I really pull for him a lot. Hoping to see him bounce back. Let's take a couple of calls.
2: Hi Jeff. it's Jordan. I've uh, called a couple of times on here. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast and uh, I was just going to turn this you. If you, uh, knew of the prospect, uh, Joel Kunell, uh for, for the Cincinnati Reds. He he's played in double A AA and triple A this year. He's played thirty eight games and uh he has an ERA of two point one four in both uh and uh, stages. Um and uh I I was curious if if you thought that they would give uh, him chances this year because he's got some pretty nasty stuff from what I'm seeing and um he his fastball hits triple digits and uh, his slider hits um, upwards to 93 miles an hour. And I've it, it, um, uh, been watching some videos and stuff. It's pretty impressive. And I don't know if you've seen him play or or what. I, I certainly have not. But um, I, I was just uh, curious on on your thoughts on this on this um, prospect. He, he looks pretty impressive. But yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking my call and uh, go Rips.
1: Thanks, Jordan. Recurring caller Jordan, that is. I appreciate the question there. Joe Connell is a guy that I've seen, and probably just butchered, it. Joel Connell, Joel Kunal, something like that. But something I've seen is a guy that I've seen Doug Gray talk a lot about. I have not personally watched him pitch, but just looking up some of his numbers and different things that people report on him, I, I really hope he gets a call here soon. If not, uh, before September definitely after the September roster expansion and to see what he's got he's got some really good numbers in the minor leagues like you mentioned the ERA but he also has a really good strikeout rate at least right now in AAA in the 14 games that he has pitched he has a 10.9 strikeout per nine innings rate and in A, uh it was a little bit lower than that, but he also kept his walks down, and same for in uh, high single A and in low A. He was able to keep those walks down. So right now, it shows that he's got four walks per nine in the A, but again, small sample size. We'll see how everything evens out, but like you said, he's got a plus-plus fastball. According to the scout grades, they give his fastball right now a 65 rating, and that's uh, on a scale of, you know, I think it's like 25 or 30 to 80. And they said that his future value on his fastball could be 70. So they think that it's just under perfect. They think that it's a really, really good fastball moving forward. And they they rate his slider as slightly above average. And stuff like that. They say that his changeup needs a little bit of work and his command needs a little bit of work. But that just happens with young guys, young fireball pitchers like Cannel. I am hoping to see him in the major leagues, especially with the fatigue that you've got on some of the guys in the major league bullpen. It's going to be important that they utilize some of these guys. They gotta get Cody Reed back from injury and see what he's got because he pitched really decently in a very small sample early on this season. So I think we'll see him and I don't I don't see any reason why they wouldn't call up Kennell right now. So hopefully Jordan we'll be seeing him soon.
0: Hi Jeff, it's Jimmy Feltner. I was calling to give you uh some comments on the trade deadline. You know, I've kind of seen it with Yaffiel Puig and uh Scooter Jeanette getting traded. Um that'll free up some places, you know, maybe in the winter we can move Senzel back to second base, maybe trying to try to get a everyday center filter. Also, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with the Trevor Bauer trade. I mean, that'll help us in the long run. As far as, uh, our pitching, especially we'll be set up and ready to go next year. Uh, we, we will definitely, I think make a run at it next year. As far as if we can get our offense going, you know, we'll free up some money to sign some big bats. then. uh, also, like I said before, get an everyday center fielder. That's pretty much my thoughts on the trade deadline. Uh, thanks, and uh, great job. Go Reds.
1: That's a good thought, Jimmy, and I, and I appreciate the call. And when, it, when you look at moving Nixon Zell from center field to second base, people have said that he is an elite defensive player at that position. And then also you put his bat in second base, and you're not worried about that at all because he's got a great bat. The thing is, and I've heard this point made by a couple of people covering the Reds, is that in Major League Baseball, a good center fielder is much more valuable than a good second baseman. And I think that was shown in the free agency period of this last offseason when you had second baseman go unsigned until the middle of spring training. So, I think it's going to be easier for the Reds to shore up second base or even really figure out if they've got a second baseman in house, you know, because I, I I really want to see what Josh Van Meter's got there at the second base position. But I think as the Reds look at Nick Senzel, I think he might be sticking in center field for a little while longer. And plus, when you look at this potential center field market, I'm not sure that there's anyone that just jumps off the page at you. That's gonna be available. I think in Ender Inciarte might be available, but I don't know that he's someone that they're just uh, chomping at the bit to get signed here. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think that Nixon Zell probably hangs on there. And I do. I'm with you. I, like I mentioned, I love the Trevor Bauer deal as well. I mentioned on a podcast. I was on an Angels podcast coming up. Uh, I think it's actually been posted already, but they were asking about the Trevor Bauer deal and they were looking at it from the lens of, can the Reds keep him past 2020? And I say, you know, I I think that if you look at this deal, if we're at the end of the 2020 season and the Reds have made the playoffs, maybe even the Reds won a playoff series, you know, oh boy, a Cincinnati team winning a playoff series, that would be something. But if that happens, I don't care if the Reds keep him past them because then this deal is an absolute success. You don't look at what the Reds gave up. You look at the fact that Trevor Bauer coming to Cincinnati made them a playoff team and it brought them out of the doldrums of the 90-plus lost seasons between 2015 and 2018. And so I, I think in the long run, we still have a little bit left. A little bit of the jury is still out on this, but I think overall it's a very positive deal for the Reds. We're going to take one more call, and then that'll be it for today's podcast.
2: Andrew in Oregon here. I've got three things to say after that. The big fight slash trade last night. Number one, I love Puig. Said see him go, and I want him back in the off season. Number two... I love that we got Trevor Bauer, and I think our top three in the rotation is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year and next year. And three, David Bell. I love the way he manages and has fire and passion and sticks up to his players. All right.
1: Keep up the good work. Andrew, thanks for the call, mate. Yeah, I'm telling you what, I am going to miss Puig. I loved watching him play every day in a Reds uniform, that number 66. I, I hope... Part of me hopes that there's just some way they can bring it back. I don't know that that's possible. I don't even know that they're looking at that in this offseason. But I'd love it if they could do that. On the other end of the spectrum, just so grateful for the short time that he gave to the Reds. And I've said it before. I know that there were a lot of negative things about Puig coming into Cincinnati and none of that came out. He was not a bad person at all. He was a great teammate from all accounts. He was fun to watch. Seemed to be super engaging with the fans and the community. Just an absolute blast to have on the Reds for that short amount of time. And if he brought Trevor Bauer, which brings playoff contention to the Reds, then I mean, his the circle of his Reds story is complete. I just think that that, that would be phenomenal for him. And I love David Bell as well. He's the more and more I watch him manage the more and more I watch him defend his guys and stuff like that I just he's awesome to me I just love watching him love the fact that he is the Reds manager moving forward and then just as a whole just man what a crazy night that was just I I know this this call came in the night after that fight and I wasn't able to get to it in the night following but just thank you so much for the call Andrew thank you guys Uh, For all the calls, keep them coming on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159. That's going to do it for the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. Hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And also head on over to LockdownReds.com for even more content. And don't forget, leave a review on iTunes If you want to roast me or something, that's great. Just make sure it's a five-star review. Leave five-star reviews. uh, Talk about, you know, something goofy or something. I I have seen some of the, uh, some of the posts, uh, some of the uh, comments on there. They're, they're quite funny. I love the, the Puig and, uh, the Amir Garrett comparisons. I appreciate you guys leaving those reviews and, uh, get a kick out of seeing that stuff every day. So uh, leave a review. Might give you a shout out on the podcast. So thanks so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.